0: Christine Manica.
1: Good morning. Coming up on the program today, I will sit down with current Sioux Falls Mayor Paul Haken, who is running for a second term. The Sioux Falls City elections are Tuesday, April 12th, and the big part of this election is to see who will hold the mayoral position in our city. We do our best at Results Town Square Media to keep the public informed on each candidate running. Current mayor of Sioux Falls, Paul Haken, is one of those candidates joining me. And for the record, we did contact all the candidates who are running. Two out of the three have responded. Responded. Mayor Ted Aiken was a business guy, as he puts it. He wanted nothing to do with politics. However, he felt the need that he wanted to change the city. With his family's support, Mayor Ted Aiken is campaigning for a second term to continue this change. He specifically wants to focus on the next generation. That's all coming up on this edition of Sunday Focus. Mayor Paul Ted Haken. Good hey, morning, Christina, Mayor. Hey, Christina. How are you? You know what? I'm great. Thanks good. for joining us. My you, pleasure. You know, you said you've been through this before the last four years. This yeah. is nothing to you, right?
0: Yeah, we were saying off air. She's <laughs> like, do you have any questions? I'm like, listen, there's not a lot you can probably throw at me that I haven't had the last four <laughs> years. So uh, glad to be here.
1: Awesome. Okay, so let's start off with some basic, easy questions. Part of the election process is everyone getting to know a candidate. So let's do that. Where were you born or where were you raised? Yeah. What kind of guy are you interested in to
0: Yeah. So I grew up in Minnesota. uh, So Minnesota's home, still a big Minnesota sports guy as a result over in Worthington uh, and moved to Sioux Falls in 2000. That's when I got married. So I've been married 23 years to Jill, almost 23 years. Max, Jade, and Nora are my three kids. Uh, Jade is 16, Max is 13, and Nora is nine. So we're like in that busy stage of of life, parenthood. Uh, And I've been in the mayor's office for four years. You know, Before that, I was an entrepreneur, owning my own business. Uh, I worked with a lot of politicians in my previous business. I was a digital political consultant, basically. So I did a lot of digital marketing campaigns and things for candidates. So I was always on the other side of the campaign uh, table. Um, but, you know, five, six years ago, just started to feel called to want to serve Sioux Falls in a different way. I love the city. I love this community. Uh, I always am quick to point out I don't enjoy politics, but I love Sioux Falls. <laughs> so uh, I'm doing this because I love Sioux Falls and was called to run. Um, honestly, not knowing if I'd win or not, but I just felt the tug that I should you know, run for office. Too many people just armchair quarterback and complain about their community or complain mm-hmm. about the school board or whatever it is. So I said, I'm going to run. And trying to make the city better, I won, and four years in, uh, I'm still at it.
1: I don't think I ever asked you this question, but do you have any sort of, you know, political background before becoming a mayor or not really?
0: No, uh, no political background, you know, other than working with candidates, like mm-hmm. I said, you know, as a digital guy, but uh, never had run for office. Uh, I was student body president in high school, if that counts, but that's probably as <laughs> close as it that gets. That so, Yeah, I guess. I'll, I'll
1: count it It was a sure. small high
0: school, so it wasn't a real tough office to <laughs> to win.
1: <laughs> I, I was going to say that who or what inspired you, I'm, I'm guessing maybe Nora had something to do with it. I'm sure she's inspired by you to run that. You know, for sure. my kids
0: are a big part of this, man. I, I, I want them to look back on this time as a a fond memory for them. I want them to look back on this time and say, my dad worked hard for our city, worked hard for our community. He loved people. He loved serving the city. So I bring him into stuff a lot. I mean, I bring him into videos online. I bring him to events. You know, I try to show him what service looks like. So my kids are certainly a big part of that. You want to be a good role model and set a good example for what serving looks like to your to your kiddos.
1: Absolutely. Now, when you think of the word mayor, what are some words that come to mind?
0: Well, I think a mayor uh, is obviously a leader, but also is a bridge builder, a consensus builder. I think that's the biggest part of this job. If I had to outline what the number one skill you need to be uh, successful in the mayoral office, at least Sioux Falls, is you need to be able to build coalitions and bring people together. Because you're working with a couple counties, you're working with six or seven school districts, you're working with a bunch of mayors all in our MSA, you have to work well with state government, our federal delegation. So you have to be... Be a consensus builder. Uh, and so uh, the mayor's office is a nonpartisan office. And so we have to lead and govern in a nonpartisan way despite the fact that we're living in a time that's very partisan, very polarizing, you know, Uh, I don't run from the fact that I'm a Republican. People know that I'm a Republican, but I hope that people see the way I lead is somewhat just pragmatic and kind of down the center of the fairway in terms of the policies that we're implementing and the, you know, things we're doing in the community.
1: You mentioned how you have to be able to work really well with other mayors and other officials throughout different cities. So how do you try to maintain that balance between being the mayor here and then kind of Getting opinions and collaborating with other towns around the Sioux Empire.
0: You know, one one area where that really came to light was during COVID when you know, we were looking at certain policies to do in Sioux Falls, but then I realized, hey, I got to get on board with the Mayor of T and Brandon and Hartford and Lennox because, you know, we're basically all in one MSA. So if they have a different policy than we do, uh, it's going to be really confusing to all of our residents. So I started organizing, you know, weekly conference calls with these folks just to kind of bring them together. Uh, And they were very successful in in that we now have a monthly meeting, all the mayors, (laughs) meeting of the mayors uh, in this MSA uh, where we're sharing ideas and collaborating on what are we doing from a regional park standpoint, how are we approaching public safety. The housing challenges we have here are mm-hmm. the same at Crooks and Del Rapids and all these, you know, Hartford and other places. Yeah. So we share best practices and that's been really, really successful.
1: So besides having the ability to communicate with other government officials, what other qualities or characteristics do you think make a great leader or a mayor?
0: I think, yeah, the the is the, the, the biggest thing. But secondary to that is uh, you have to be uh, innovative, visionary, forward thinking, uh, because... Your job, in my opinion, as a mayor is not to think about one or two years out, but to think about 20 and 30 years out. So what are the things you're doing today that are going to set this community up long term? So whether that's investing in a huge wastewater project like we're doing right now, Mm -hmm. which isn't exciting, you know, it's not sexy to say, oh, you know, I'm going to be the wastewater mayor for the city. (laughs) But I am because for the next Mm -hmm. 20 years, we're going to have incredible wastewater capacity will help with our growth, investing in public safety, investing in these mentorship programs that I've been a, very bullish on because i um, mentoring kids now when they're, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, that pays off 10, 20 years from now when they decide to stay here, live here, get their degrees here. And so it's a, you have to have a visionary approach to leading the office.
1: It sounds like Uh, part of that characteristic uh, description involves being flexible. You know, you come into a position with one plan, and then once you're in it, you're like, okay, wait a minute, I have to really explore my options here instead of sticking Mm -hmm. to what I thought was the plan.
0: Yeah, that's a big part, being malleable and being able to change your mind. And politicians aren't known for changing their mind. And so uh, as data changes or information changes, so does my mind. And I I use COVID as an example. There were several times during COVID where, uh, you know, I started going one direction and as we got more data shifted my position because I'm like, okay, I realized that uh, stay at home order is a good example. Uh, The more we learned about those, like those don't have the impact that I think people think they do. And we got away from that. Uh, The same with cloth mask, you know, we're changing opinions on that. We're getting different information on that. So I think people want to have a leader that isn't just set in their ways, but says, Hey, as I get different information, I'm willing to change my mind on an issue. um, As long as it's the best thing for the community.
1: If you are just listening, I'm even joined by current Sioux Falls Mayor Paul Ted Haken. We're talking about his last four years here in office and also his uh, current campaign for his second term. Now, this is a great transition, how you talked about COVID, because um, I think it's been quite a roller coaster for you the, the last four years. Now, you're once again putting yourself out there to run for this second term. So tell us a little bit about your political campaign journey, whether it's a difference between then and now or the current journey that you're on.
0: Yeah. So, you know, the first four years. So for your listeners, if if they don't know this, you can serve two four year terms, uh, consecutive terms as the mayor of Sioux Falls. We have term limits. So what's great about that is there's a shot clock that's ticking. You know exactly how long you're going to have in the chair. So you spend the first four years getting the team in place, building those relationships, getting uh, comfortable with the MSA mayors and the other mayors you have to work with, the school board members, building that reputation as a collaboration builder. So I've done that the last four years. Now that second term is really when you can start to make hay because we've spent this first term, quite honestly, Christina, in reactive mode a lot. I mean, we were responding to floods and tornadoes and racial justice issues and a lot of Mm -hmm. reactive issues we had to kind of be, uh, be working on. Now there's some proactive things that we can work on like things we want to do with housing and workforce and with public safety uh, and with some you know, infrastructure spending, quality of life projects. So I really feel that uh, we're set up really well. The city team and leadership team is incredibly strong, the team we've put together. So hopefully the next term we'll be able to you know put all those pieces in, in place and get some of these initiatives moving forward.
1: How did you feel when you had to put your own plans aside in order to fight COVID and to fight, you know, the natural disasters that you've had to face?
0: Well, it, it, I, I became aware really quick of the, uh, the reality that being a mayor is about responding to the unexpected, being able to pivot and just react to the circumstances around you. I remember after we had the tornadoes come through Sioux Falls the next morning, so they came through that night, uh, the next morning 8 o'clock I had a call from Senator Mike Rounds he called me and said hey Paul you need to know that this is, this is why you're in this office. People will remember how you respond to these crises not whether you got a baseball stadium done or you got a tax increment financing deal put together but how do you lead through the tough times in the community and so I really uh, appreciated that and have embraced that to realize that my role is a lot of uh, just dealing with the unexpected and people will say oh it can't get much worse Paul you, you know you've gone through a lot the last four years well it, it could get worse there's a lot of things we haven't encountered in this community
1: right now totally knocking on (laughs) wood but i'm
0: but i'm pretty battle tested as a result of having gone through all these challenges knowing how to work with the media now knowing how our emergency operations center works um a lot of issues that we've had to work through with the state and so i think sioux falls would be in a good position should a crisis happen here i think we're well positioned to respond now
1: so why did you decide to run again for a second term? Clearly, the natural disasters, the pandemic, they didn't steer you away from the office. Yeah, I, I wouldn't
0: say it was a slam dunk because I I, I think people um, would assume that you have this natural desire to want to stay in the chair. I'm not driven by being in political office. I mean it's not a it's not a desire of mine to uh, to be in politics. But what I feel is that we've started something the last four years that I feel an obligation to continue. The economy's strong. I think we've weathered COVID incredibly well. Mm-hmm. We've got these mentorship initiatives, these public safety initiatives that we've been working on that I feel the responsibility to keep moving forward. Uh, and honestly I want to have a little bit of a, a, a fingerprint on the future of this community. I think this community is incredible um, and there's a lot of work Work to do and i feel like uh, it's my responsibility to keep moving that forward what we started the last four years
1: as you are hitting the campaign trail again you're probably meeting a lot of new people and seeing some familiar faces what are some changes that voters want to see in the city whether it's immediately if you take your second term or throughout your second term you know
0: one area that comes to mind when you ask that question is uh, we have an increasing number of homeless people in our community uh, we're seeing more panhandling in our community we're seeing some of those things that you get when you're a two hundred thousand plus population community um, I want to get, I don't want to say more aggressive, because that sounds you know, kind of negative, but we, we got to learn to deal with that homeless issue and be uh, as proactive as possible with that issue. So that's something that I'm hearing from voters. Uh, they also want to um, get our housing costs under control. I mean, housing costs are a real challenge. Rent is getting high. Building is high. Workforce is hard. Supply chain is a wreck. You know, Land availability is difficult. So housing is going to be, continue to be a big focus for us as well. The voters are all talking about that. And so... We've done some things on that front around land availability and workforce and labor and changing building codes and so forth to make things as affordable as possible. But there's more work to be done on that front, too.
1: So it's definitely getting your wheels turning a little bit about what the next four years could potentially look like for you.
0: Yeah, and the next four years, Christina, are really going to be centered around a common theme of just managing the growth that we've experienced the past two years. I mean, we added almost 7,000 people to Sioux Falls last year. Those are people who are using our streets, who need housing, who are using our hospitals, who are using our park system. Uh, That's in addition to just organic growth that we see. So uh, there's a lot of work that's got to be done around just managing this record growth we're experiencing as a community.
1: I know construction and potholes are always a good talking pot in the (laughs) city, too. So I think your team has done a pretty good job responding to all those issues.
0: Yeah, you know, last year we spent uh, a record number, record percentage of our budget on roads and streets the highest percentage we've ever spent. I think the number was we improved 936 blocks around the city with different road projects. It's never going to be enough for certain people, and I get that, but our winters are tough here. The freeze-thaw is really hard on our roads, mm-hmm. uh, and so we're going to do that again. We have some huge capital projects, road projects scheduled for this year, 41st and I-29, a diverging diamond we're putting in. Uh, Minnesota all the way from Russell to 18th Street going to see a big overhaul, and so there's going to be some continued orange cones around the community again this year, but those are always short-term pain for long-term gain.
1: Isn't it kind of cool to see, though, over the last four years, seeing that ki- type of development for the city of Sioux Falls? Think about it. You have the Levitt Shell in place. The state theater is opened up again. That's got to be a pretty good feather in your cap, sort of speed. Yeah, there's been uh, I
0: think we've balanced a lot of those projects. So we have those quality of life projects like the Levitt and, you know, like some of the investments we've made in the zoo and the pavilion. And we're working with uh, the Jacobson family on Jacobson Plaza outdoor ice skating ribbon that we'll be starting on this year. I mean, some great quality of life projects, but balancing those with the investments that we're making in the housing and the infrastructure and the wastewater and those things that people maybe uh, don't always think about on a daily basis until they stop working and then they absolutely recognize it. So, and, and then the overarching theme over that too has just been ensuring our law enforcement has been a, uh, a priority. You know, for me, I'm a big believer in the work that our cops do, the work that Sioux Falls Fire Rescue does. Uh, in fact, we're really close to me and fully staffed at Sioux Falls PD. We haven't been nearly fully staffed to our authorized strength in years. And I think that's a testament to how we've weathered the last couple years of uncertainty in public safety. So uh, managing crime and public safety is going to continue to be a big theme for me as well in the future.
1: Absolutely. You know, I saw, too, it constantly is on my social media feed, new officers coming in. And it just tell me how they're um, adjusting to Sioux Falls and the reaction of being here just in this middle of nowhere south Dakota
0: city yeah we we have a couple you know we have a couple officers we got this year from albuquerque a couple from arizona you know one from orlando one from san diego i believe so a
1: lot of warmer areas
0: yeah so they're getting their first winter so i've talked to some of those recruits and they're they're loving it but they're loving the climate and when i say by the climate not necessarily the weather they're but they're loving the uh the appreciation that this community has for law enforcement um and how law enforcement and the law is very respected in So the reason they're coming here is because they were officers in environments where they weren't respected and they couldn't do their job and they weren't given the authority to just do policing the right way in the the communities where they were serving. So we have seen a lot of -of out-of-state recruits. It's been good. Uh, It's also made us realize that the bar we have for training is very high Mm because some of these officers will come in and they need maybe a little more training than we would have anticipated based on the departments they're coming from because we have a very high standard of excellence that we have uh, in Sioux falls. So it's been good. It's been great. Uh, a great way to grow our law enforcement this year is by tapping into some of those, uh, I don't want to say disgruntled officers from around the country, but ones that are ready for a change of uh, environment.
1: Absolutely. If you were just listening, current Sioux Falls Mayor Paul Tenhagen is joining me in the studio. He is also talking about his second run at this political journey. Now, like most candidates, Mayor, there are certain policies that people tend to focus on, maybe even some new ones. Can you talk about some of those current policies that you did create besides, you know, the ones from COVID? We'll get back to those later.
0: Yeah. You know, the I think the themes that you Saw and that the voters saw for me this, this last term have been centered around a few main things. And you've heard about them a little bit. One is around law enforcement. Uh, we created a, a narcotics crimes unit, set up a new narcotics crimes unit, which has been very successful in getting more narcotics off our streets. We started a housing fund uh, that's allowing us to put money into um, creating more affordable and dense housing uh, opportunities through maybe land acquisition or other, uh, other areas where we can invest that fund to help offset the rising housing costs. Uh, we've put a lot of effort into kids and youth. And while a lot of times people may say, well, that's the uh, that's the role of the school district, or is that really the city's role? It absolutely is the role of the city. And so whether it be the mentoring program that we stood up, and for those listeners who aren't aware of what that is, it's a program called Sue 52, where we're trying to get 5,200 new mentors in this community by 2026. And we're in the process right now of working with the Sioux Falls School District to look at our community centers and determine, can we work with the school district more closely to have after-school, out-of-school care for more kids at those centers? Because out-of-school care is an increasingly uh, growing challenge for us in Sioux Falls. Uh, So there's going to be some effort around uh, around making sure daycare and out-of-school care is more accessible for families.
1: Besides listening to what the voters want, what are some new policies that you want to focus on if you do take office again?
0: Well, uh, I want to focus on the one I just touched about, uh, touch on I should say, which is about kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're going to see um, from our administration an increasing focus on kids, uh, because kids are the future of this community and a community that's good for kids means it's good for parents and so uh, that could be initiatives related to collaboration with the school but that could be more uh, out of school recreational opportunities like the riverside um, park soccer program that we've helped kick off and things like that Uh, so that's going to be very important i also think that you're going to see continued policies from my department that will focus on allowing law enforcement public safety to do what they do best um, we're also going to be investing some historic infrastructure dollars uh, for the next four years. You know, our wastewater treatment plant, and I hate to harken back to this, it's, it's, The price escalations of that have that thing close to probably a $280 million project now. That is a historic level uh, of investment. Uh, On the south side of town, not far from your studio here, we have Veterans Parkway South, Mm -hmm. which we're making incredible investments there. So big infrastructure policies that you're going to see us bringing forward as well. So, again, the overarching theme around all that, Christine, I know it's all kind of nerdy individual stuff. (laughs) It's just dealing with the challenges of growth. It's transportation. There's more kids. There's more crime more houses that need to be built. Uh, We need someone to kind of spin all those plates and make sure we don't get too far over our skis on any one specific topic.
1: Evidently, when you bring in the kids, you're giving parents, you know, a quality of life, not only just for them and their careers, but also setting their kids up for a future. So I totally see that. Now, do you see an area maybe in some of the current ordinances or policies that you would like to change? Why or why not? Uh,
0: There's always current ordinances and policies you'd like to change. You know, one thing that uh, I'd like to get a handle on sooner rather than later would be um, how we are handling uh, the panhandling handling and, and homeless issue in our downtown. Uh, we've spent hundreds of millions of dollars in making our downtown just a shining jewel. And we have to make sure we're still taking care of our homeless population, but not at the expense of making our downtown feel uh, unsafe or unwelcome mm-hmm. to people. So there's some policies that we're working on around that, but there's a Pretty large uh, First Amendment piece that kind of goes over the top of that freedom of speech when you talk about panhandling and so forth. So uh, that's an area uh, I think we have opportunity to improve. I also think on the housing front, there may be some policy changes that we can make to uh, allow for easier ways for developers to get access to TIF funding, tax increment financing funding, so they can build housing um Quicker and at a more cost-friendly price point for people, if they can have access to that TIF funding. So there's some policies we're looking at around that as well uh, to increase uh, the housing density in Sioux Falls.
1: Yeah, I know one of those organizations that do help tackle homelessness is the Bishop Dudley House. Um, You know, I'm from a bigger city. I'm from Chicago, Mm -hmm. and I had the opportunity to do that Night of Hope Mm -hmm. and sleep out for the night and really get a sense of what it's like to be homeless in Sioux Falls. So I think part of getting that problem under control, so, so to speak, is being able to work with organizations like the Bishop Dudley House.
0: Right, and that's back to my earlier points about collaboration mm-hmm. and working together. The city is not the end-all, be-all solution for every problem. So we have to work with the diocese, mm-hmm. with Bishop Dudley, with Union Gospel Mission, with the banquet, with St. Francis House, uh, with all these different organizations that all kind of hold a piece to this puzzle. And so the city really plays a role, and a lot of times the mayor plays the role of being kind of the chief collaborator mm-hmm. of bringing those people together
1: yep it's all connected people politics mm-hmm. are is. all connected is. and intertwined now the biggest story of the last two years we're getting into the COVID talk now get Great. ready all <laughs> right so leaders and politicians were faced with the difficult task of navigating the communities there was no playbook for this as we all know and somehow people manage so let's just say and i'm knocking on wood again when i say this there's another pandemic that makes its way to South Dakota, specifically Sioux Falls. What would be your plan of action? Would you do anything differently than what you did with COVID?
0: Yeah, well, I think, you know, if you've seen one pandemic, you've seen one pandemic, you know, so there, so whatever a future pandemic could look like, it's going to be different than what COVID was. Mm -hmm. I think a reality that we have to understand is that the public's trust in some of our, um, uh, our medical experts, like the CDC, is vastly shaken you know, and i don 't know who would be the authority and and what I mean the medical authority because there 's so much misinformation that was spread throughout covid that people didn 't know who to trust anymore, mm-hmm. uh, including elected officials. Um, I made the mistake of talking about vaccination a couple months. I say mistake in quotes, but um, people came unglued on me that I would even consider, you know, proposing getting vaccinated or encouraging people to get vaccinated. So everything's become so polarized and so partisan. So if we have another pandemic, Christina, um, sadly enough, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of challenges in how elected officials can help control that based on how out of control this got with mm-hmm. misinformation and the lack of trust that people now have in in healthcare leaders and experts, whether it be on a local level, uh, the city health department, or in the federal level, like someone like the CDC and, and so forth. So um, we'll get through it, but I don't think we have a lot of uh, wins that I would point to from this to say, guy, we did this really well through COVID. I think what the city of Sioux Falls did is we didn't shut things down. I've learned that that was a very smart idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't mandate any act actions uh, on people, which I think was also a very smart idea. Mm -hmm. And now with the benefit of history, time is showing that those sorts of mandated actions didn't have the effect that people initially thought they would. And so in hindsight, I'm very proud of the positions we took in Sioux Falls on those topics.
1: And you even shared your own COVID story. And, and yeah. not a lot of politicians or people in the public light they'll, they'll be like, yeah, I had COVID. But no, you were right open about it and said, yeah, it it kind of got me down a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I did that to share my vaccination story. You know, I was vaccinated. I got mm-hmm. COVID and it was fairly mild. And I like to think that the reason it was mild is because I had the vaccination. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we do know that the vaccination is a very... Uh, is a very strong tool in in a pandemic. And so um, that's why I wanted to share that. I wanted to get people over the fear of COVID as well. There's still yeah. a lot of fear around it. And we have to get to the point where we're, we're having to live with this in the endemic stage. It's like we live with the flu and we live with other things. Mm-hmm. we got to get comfortable with it. Um, because to your point, uh, another pandemic, another virus could be, you know, lurking around the corner in a year or two. And we'll have to deal with that when we get there.
1: Absolutely. And if you are just listening, once again, Super Falls Mayor Paul hagen he is in the studio. He is also running again for a second term. Now, Mayor, before we let you go, anything that you would like to say to the voters of sioux falls this is your time well you
0: know the nice thing about being the incumbent having done this for four years is i have four years of history Mm -hmm. so i remember when i was running for this office four years ago you have to make these promises like oh i will do this and i will do this well it's easy to make promises when you haven't been in the chair Mm -hmm. well now i've been in the chair for four years and i guess the residents can see hey do we like the way the guy led through the flooding and the tornadoes and pandemics and is the economy in a good spot and is Sioux Falls, you know, is there an optimism in the community and uh, selfishly I would argue I think we've done good on all those fronts. So uh, past performance is a is an indicator of future results, right? So uh, hopefully people look at the past and say, hey, I think that guy deserves another swing at four more years to keep Sioux Falls moving forward.
1: And a lot of businesses are are coming here to Sioux Falls too except for one. You know what I'm going to say? I got say. it. You're,
0: I know you're Dunkin' Donuts, Come gal. On.
1: It's been hey, four years. It's so funny because pe- you pe- got me my chipotle <laughs> now i need the Dunkin' donuts a- you know
0: people reach out They'll be like hey can you bring trader Joe's?" and he's like you know what i can't bring anything here all i can do is make a city and a community <laughs> that hopefully a business says hey we want to put a shingle there we want to bring our business there so if duncan if they're listening <laughs> hey we'll take you
1: <laughs> it's smaller than trader joe's if you think of it That's that right. way it is just a coffee and a donut shop it,
0: it is and they have great donuts
1: <laughs> all right mayor thank you so much for joining us this morning Thanks
0: There's always a defining moment when you realize you have no control over what your teen says, over what your teen does, over who your teen hurts. When you reach that defining moment and you're thinking there's nothing more you can do, do what other parents have done. Call Hope Harbor or go to HopeHarborMN.org. Hope Harbor helps struggling girls and boys ages 12 to 17. When you think there's nothing more you can do, there is hope. Hope Harbor.
1: Here's a news flash for you. More than 70% of fatal crashes in South Dakota happen on rural highways and local county roads. Hi, I'm Trooper Whitaker with the South Dakota Highway Patrol. It is important to wear your seatbelt whether you are headed to the farm or whether you are headed to the city. Seatbelts are one of the best ways to protect yourself while driving. Always wear a seatbelt. Don't skip the click. This message brought to you by the South Dakota Highway Patrol and results Town Square Media. I'm Connie Britton. I support Feeding America because they help provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Feeding America. 200 food banks strong. I'm Christine Manica, and you've been listening to Sunday Focus. I'd like to thank my guest, current Sioux Falls Mayor Paul Ted Hagen, for joining the program today. Once again, the Sioux Falls City elections are Tuesday, April 12th. Join us again next week for another edition of Sunday Focus.
0: Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.